Amen. And as I was sitting and over there before the Lord, I was saying, Lord, what is it that you would want me to say? And what is it that you would have me to say unto your people? And uh, I believe that he gave me something while I was standing over there. So I want us to go real quick to the book of Isaiah. I want us to go real quick to the book of Isaiah chapter 61. I believe it is that I want the book of Isaiah chapter 61. No, not Isaiah 61, Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60, and I'm going to read about two verses, uh, well, maybe five verses, but we'll see. Isaiah chapter 60, I uh, want to give thanks and honor to the Lord also uh, for my pastors who's not here, but they are in Alabama. My parents, uh, Pastor Jerry and uh, Lady Julia Porter, can y'all put your hands together for them, although they're not here? But I believe that they are watching. Amen. All right. And it is in the book of Isaiah chapter 60 that I want to read. And it reads, arise, shine, for your light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory shall be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. I think that's all that I want. This is in Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 where he says arise and shine. I believe that this is talking about uh, a summer revival where God, a revival in my standpoint is when God begins to cause things to live again. You'll see a good case in point of a revival when you look in the book of St. John, chapter 11, when Lazarus, who's in the grave, is dead and things have went silent. There's no movement. There's nothing going on. And then all of a sudden, Jesus walks up to the grave and calls him by name and Lazarus comes walking out of that grave. And I want you to understand that through this pandemic and through everything that we've experienced just in one year, the enemy has been very influential in trying to keep the people of God mouths closed. I want you to understand how much power lives in your mouth and how much power resides in your mouth. One scripture declares in the book of Proverbs that life and death is in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Which says to me then that I can either have my funeral or I can have my future by the words that I say out of my mouth. You, you can either create your situation the way you want it to be created by the words that you speak. And we have to be careful about the things that we allow to come out of our mouth. We have to be careful of the things that we allow to come slipping out of our mouth. I can't just say everything. I can't pronounce everything that I feel or everything that I think because sometimes what comes out of my mouth be the thing that shape my future. Sometimes I have to be careful, friends, because whether you know it or not, the enemy desires to keep your mouth closed and to make it muzzled because there's a power in your praise that the devil don't want you to get in touch too. There's a power that comes in your praise when you open your mouth. There's something about when you open your mouth, as he began to declare, it rips through the air. Things that's in the air begins to rip through it. Your power in your mouth, your praise in your belly, your shout that he gives unto you is something that you can use against hell when it comes in your life. Shout hallelujah. 
You don't realize, but when you open your mouth to praise God and when you open your mouth to give God glory, it opens up another portal for you that all of a sudden you receive a strength that you did not know was there. Have you ever been so weak and all of a sudden you begin to praise God and you begin to give God glory and you begin to give him honor and all of a sudden you receive a strength into your soul and into your spirit and all of a sudden you feel like you can just run on a little bit further. It's something about praising God. It's something about when you begin to adore him and begin to honor him, that it begins to open up things in God that he wants to pour out and lavish on you. That's why you'll never find me in a place where I can't praise God. You'll never be able to find me in a place where I can't give God the honor that is due unto him, my sister. I got to be in a place where I'm able to worship him. I can worship him at home in my bathroom. I can worship him at home washing the dishes. I can worship him at home cutting the grass. It's just something about I make a sanctuary wherever I am with God. There's no place that I cannot worship God. And one thing that I would like to understand and I want us to understand about God is that God is God and there's nobody that can stop him from being God. He's sovereign. He is, he is immutable. He is, uh, he don't have to discuss anything with anybody before he do anything. I'm so glad that God doesn't have to have a board meeting before he decides to come into my life and bless me. Oh, I'm about to get, I'm about to shout all by myself. I, I said, I'm so glad that God doesn't have to call a round table before he decides to want to do something in my life. That's what it means to be sovereign is that he can do what he will, when he will, and he don't have to take counsel with nobody. Nobody voted him into office and nobody will ever be able to vote him out. He was God before I got here. He'll be God when I leave. He was God when my mama was here. He'll be God after my mother's leave. God is God and there's nobody that can stop him from being God. He was here before you got here. He was here before you and your wife ever came together. God is God. God is, God was, and God will forever be. Somebody shout, he's God. The one scripture in the book of Psalms chapter 106 says, blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting, which means he's everlasting. He does not stop. He's immutable. He's unchanging. He is the everlasting God without beginning. He doesn't have a beginning. He doesn't have an end. You can't trace him. You can't stop him. You can't find his edge. You can't, tra- you can't stop him from blessing you. And I'm so glad before he, he didn't have to hold a meeting with nobody before he saved me Uh, because the truth of the matter is a lot of us if some folks would have had the chance to talk to God some of us wouldn't be saved today but I'm so glad God saved me when he saved me without taking counsel with nobody anybody in this room just glad to be saved I'm talking about just glad to be saved truth of the matter is all of us came from somewhere and nobody in this room and nobody that will ever come in this room don't have somewhere they came from and before anybody could ever look on down or look at anybody wrong or, or look down on anybody, the truth of the matter is we all came from somewhere that the Lord brought us from. He delivered us from somewhere. Didn't deliver me, I would still be where I was. Somebody shout, I thank God for saving me. I do, I thank God for saving me. If he didn't save me, I wouldn't have a right to this life that I live now. I'm glad the Lord saved me when he did and how he did. The Bible teaches that God works all things after the counsel of his own will, which means that there's nobody in this room that's smart enough to counsel God. 
with our smart self. Some of us got degrees and some of us been to college and sat in a couple of classrooms, but there's nobody that can counsel God. Nobody could tell God what to do and how to do it. Because when God does a thing in a person's life, how many of you know he don't want nobody to get the glory? He only wants everybody to be able to say, this is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. And what God's getting ready to do in some of our lives is about to become marvelous in our eyes. Where family members and where people have looked down on you and where people have said these things against you and where people have came against you. God has taken all of that because he's the only God that can take some bad stuff and make some come out of it good. He's the only God that I know that can take bitter stuff and make it sweet. He's the only one that I know that can take ashes and make some beautiful out of it. That's the God that we serve. Because before you ever came to God, how many of you know you was just a bunch of ashes? But the Lord took those ashes and look at what he made. He made something beautiful. One of the things that, that fascinates me about God is how God moves in a person's life. I always found it quite interesting the way God moves. He moves in a way that blows the human mind. It, it doesn't make sense to the human mind. In the sense that before God will ever add into a person's life, he's got to take away. And before God ever multiplies in a person's life, you'll find that he'll start dividing first. It's just the way that he works. It's before light comes, you got to, or before joy comes, weeping got to happen first. And, and before there's light, it's got to be darkness. It's just the way God works. But one of the things that I, that I found is that God, when he comes to a person's life, he don't always come when everything is beautiful. Because God liked to work in adverse situations. He's, he liked to work in, in complex, dark circumstances. It, it doesn't necessarily bring him all the glory when everything is well in your life for him to get some glory. Sometimes he got to let bad stuff happen and he begins to show his glory on the backdrop of bad things happening in our life. Yeah, it's just the way the kingdom works. It's the way God works. Is that I will allow bad because I want my glory to be seen. And sometimes we find ourselves questioning, Lord, why, 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 why? And, and when we find ourselves questioning, Lord, why, 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 why? What happens is, it's the, it is the point where God is getting ready to paint his glory on the backdrop of your bad situation. And see, when we leave up out of here, we're going to be able to look at our situations and say, God's about to get some glory out of this. You're, the, the story he brought about about the blind man in John chapter 9, the disciples asked, well, Lord, who sinned? And the, the, Jesus responded, nobody sinned, but this is only so that the glory of God can be displayed. And I want you to know, I want to be a display of God's glory. I don't know about you. I don't know about the person next to you, but I want to be a display of the Lord's glory. In our chapter tonight, in Isaiah 61, the Bible says, arise. That's the very first word that he opens up with, arise. And that word arise means to get up from the current state that you're in. Somebody shout arise. In your life. And the first place that you have to arise, my friend, is not in the physical. It's not in the physical. You have to arise in your mind first. Your body is going to follow your mind. You understand this so far. You have to rise in your thought process. You have to rise in your thinking. You have to rise in your situation. I remember when I was flying on a plane headed to Texas. And I remember when I was getting on that plane and we was going up into the air. I began to look down 
from where, from from my plane seat, and as we were up in the air, so many thousands of feet in the air, I began to see these trees that looked like little toothpicks. I began to look at the water that was so massive around me when I was on that level. But when I looked at it from the plane and from the uh, from the from the air that I was in, I began to see that that pond looked like a little bath water, a little tub of bath water. And I said, Lord, what is that? And I heard the Holy Ghost say to me, it's all about your perspective. See, as long as I'm on the level of my situation, I, that thing looked enormous. That thing looked impossible. That thing looked like I can't get over it. But the moment I rise above that situation in my mind, I can look at that situation and say, no weapon formed against me is going to be able to prosper. Somebody shout, it's all about your perspective. It's how you look at it. You can either look at it on this level or you can look at it from the level that God looks at it. What looks impossible to you now is all of it, it, it becomes possible with God. Stuff that you have that you want God to do for your life and do in your life. And that thing that looks impossible. I want you to know that that thing becomes possible when you put it in the hands of God. I stopped trying to figure out. And make the situation work. And I stopped trying to put my hand in trying to make a situation work. Now I put it in the hands of God. And God knows how to make a situation. And, and God will do things with your situation that will blow your mind. You'll think you, God is going to do it this way or that way. And God will do it a whole other kind of way. And it just blow your mind. It just and it, Because the thing that amazes me is the same thing I was crying about yesterday. Be the same thing I'll be shouting about tomorrow. Now, everybody can't live, everybody can't agree with that unless you live a little bit. But when you lived a little bit, you'll understand that some stuff that made me cry in my past, stuff I thought I couldn't do without, people I thought I couldn't do without, all of a sudden I see myself shouting and dancing over it today. I'm glad they left my life. I'm glad they left. I'm glad they're not here no more. You say that because they say, you know, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. You look back over your life and like, I'm glad I had that situation. I'm glad they left. I'm glad they fired me. I wouldn't even be in business for myself had they not fired me. In the moment when we're in that situation, it don't feel good. It don't seem good. It don't, it, it, it don't make no sense at that moment. When you look back, after you done came through it, you look back and you say, man, I'm glad. If it had, if I did not go that route, I don't know where I would be right now. So he says, in that thing, he says, arise. You got to arise in your mind. Everybody say arise. You have to arise in your mind. You arise in your mind, your body going to follow. You got to get up from the current state that you're in. Whatever state that you're in right now, God is saying, arise, get up from there. Now, I don't know if you in I don't know if you in depression, but you got to get up from there. I don't know if you're in sickness, but you got to get up from there. I don't know if you're in 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 in, in uh, uh, despair, but you got to get up from there. Because whatever God's about to do next in your life is going to require that you get up from the state that you're in right now. Y'all understand that? Look at somebody and say, "God's got something He's about to do in my life that's going to blow my mind." But you got to get up from your current spot because he can't bless you where you are right now. As, as Pastor uh, Cricket had already said, COVID has already knocked wind out of a lot of people. But there is a few of us in this room that says, Lord, I'm holding on to you with everything that I got. Lord, have mercy. I'm holding on to Jesus if it's the last thing I do. COVID may have taken my, take my job. It may have taken everything away from me tangibly. But what it ain't going to do, it's gonna, not going to take my relationship with God. 
Hallelujah. If I don't hold on to nothing else, I'm holding on to God. Holding on to him. So he says, arise. And then what he does is, because you can't shine sitting down. You can't shine sitting in the place that you were in before. He didn't say shine and arise, because that would have been backwards. But he says, arise and then shine. You don't realize, but your shining all depends upon your arising. If you don't get up from where you are, you ain't shining. And God wants to put you on display. Lord, have mercy. God, See, when it talks about shining, it talks about being put on display. You, you don't shine sitting in the back. <laughs> you, you don't shine sitting tucked away in, 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 in places of, of, of obscurity and, and, and places where can't nobody see you. If God is saying to arise, it's because I'm getting ready to put you on display. I'm getting ready to make you shine. I'm getting ready to let folks see you. Lord, have mercy. Victory Church, you're getting ready to shine. Folks going to see you. You're going to become even more noticeable than what you are. Why? Because when you arise, then you're going to shine. Y'all see that? See, everybody, see, when you arise, it makes you more visible to people who couldn't see you before. For instance, if I was on this level of the floor, there's only so many people that can see me at this level. There are only so many people that can see me at this level. But when I rise and God promotes me, it puts me even on a higher level that it makes me become more visible to more people. God wants to more than what we've been, than the visibility that we've been getting. You, you, don't, you don't realize, but God knows how to order everything to make sure that his bride is seen. Because God's pride and joy is his church. God's pride and joy is his body of believers. And I want to put them on, I want to put you on display. I want to, I want to cause you to shine. I want to cause you to be seen. And I can't do that if you don't first arise in your thinking. COVID don't have the last say so. Hear me and hear me well. COVID don't have the last say so. I was praying and I began to say, Lord, every, ain't no name that's stronger than the name of Jesus Christ. Every name got to bow down. And so what God's getting ready to do in your life, what God's getting ready to do in my life, he's getting ready to cause us to come to a place of where we're going to be visible. Victory Church, guest church, visiting churches, we're coming to a place where God's getting ready to make you visible. Where God's getting ready to put you on display. Where the light is going to be shown upon you. Where the brightness of your coming. It's going to cause people to be drawn to you. People are going to be able to look at you. I don't know if y'all ever experienced this where people have come to you and said, I don't know what it is about you, but it's something different about you. I don't know if y'all ever had people to come to you and say, I, I don't know what it is all about you, but it's something different about you. It's going to cause people to be attracted to you. And listen, they're not going to be attracted to you, but they're going to be attracted to what's inside you. They're going to be attracted to what you have on the inside of you. You don't realize, but the things that you've been through in your life, they were not for naught. But they are, they, you went through it because there are people that's going to come that's going to need what you've been through. You're going to be able to share with them your testimony with God. And it's somehow going to provide hope and bring them out of whatever they're in. Because the truth of the matter is everybody, all of us have come from somewhere. Hallelujah. And I said, hallelujah. 
I said, hallelujah. Ain't nothing you've been through in your life is going to be wasted. Not until you shed it going to be wasted. Everything that has happened, everything that God has allowed to transpire in your life, it's going to be testimony for somebody else. Whatever caused you tears is going to cause somebody else to be happy. It's going to cause somebody else to have joy. That's why I don't, I don't neglect some of the things that I've been through. Because it may have been painful for me, but when I came out of it, I didn't see more people get deliverance because of my testimony. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God. More people than got delivered and saved and, and set free because of what? My testimony. But you can't get that unless you go through a test. You can't have no testimony without no test. You, uh, you, you hear what I said? You got to have a test in order to get a testimony. So he says, arise, shine, because your light has come. Your light has come. And I looked up there and I said, Lord, I said, Lord, who is that light? Who is that light? I heard Jesus say in the book of John, I am the way, the truth, and the light. Uh-huh. He said, I am the light. Jesus Christ, arise and shine, for Jesus has come unto you. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. And listen, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. I said, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. See, in, in, I was noticing something about my life in, in 2020 when the pandemic was happening. I was looking at other folks and, and hearing other people, how they were struggling and going through and having this to happen and having that to happen. And then at the same time, while they're talking, I'm looking at the Lord blessing on my side. And I'm like, Lord, what's so different? He said, it ain't because of you. It's just because my glory is risen upon you. And a lot of people don't understand how you still here and how you have made it through, how you made it through COVID 2020. How is it that you have made it this far? It's because the glory of the Lord is over my life. Look at somebody and say, I got the glory of the Lord over my life. So he says, arise and shine for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Verse two says this. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and uh, deep darkness, the people, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Can I borrow your jacket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, let me see your jacket. When it talks about the glory of the Lord, it's going to be seen upon my life. People don't realize. But when the Lord put his glory upon your life, I like this jacket too. <laughs> if I can fit it, I might ask for it. When it talks about the glory of the Lord being placed upon your life and, and his glory being on your life, do you not realize it causes you to stand out before people? It makes you where you're not able to fit in with everybody and everything. It makes it to where folks don't understand you and you. You sit up there trying to explain yourself and make yourself fit. Look at somebody and say, you just don't fit. Well, you got, you got a sleeping neighbor. Look at somebody else and say, you don't, you just don't fit. Because what you're wearing on your life is not what they have on their life. You can't fit with everybody because of what's on you. You can't fit with everybody because of what you carry on your life. I learned that a long time ago. Sometimes I just have to walk alone. I just have to walk by myself and I have to be okay with it because of what I have on my life. I can't just be with anybody. I just can't hang with everybody. And in this life that we live where everybody want to be accepted. 
I don't care. Listen, you ain't got to accept me as your friend. You ain't got to accept me to be your, your, your Facebook friend, your Instagram friend. The only person that I want to make sure I'm accepted by is Jesus Christ and him alone. If I never be in your phone book, if I never be on your call log, as long as my name is written in the Lamb's book of life, I'm written somewhere. Lord, have mercy. The glory of the Lord will be risen upon your life. And listen. This don't come without a price. This don't come without some tears being shed. This don't come without people sometimes doing you wrong. Oh, it looks glamorous up here in the light. It looks, it looks beautiful in the light. It looks nice in the light. And a lot of people love what you're wearing, but they don't know where you got it from. And the truth is, I didn't get this out of Target. I didn't get this out of TJ Maxx. I didn't get this out of Walmart. I didn't get this out the Polo store. I didn't order this off of Amazon. I got what I got when I went through the trial and I was home by myself. Didn't know whether I was coming or going. Tears coming down my face. Pillow wet with tears. But somehow the Lord brought me out and he allowed me to wear something that came with a price. You don't realize, but what's on your life, it came with a price. And what the enemy wants to do, because that's a slick little trickster right there. He'll want what you paid full price for. He'll want to get it at a discount rate. And a lot of people have forfeited what they have paid for so long. A lot of people have forfeited the thing that, that they have paid for in the valleys of life. He then gave it over to the enemy for a discounted rate. But see, when God does a revival in your life and when God begins to revive you, he say when the thief is found, he'll make him have to give back everything that he stole seven times more than what he took it for. And Listen, I'm coming back for my joy. I'm coming back for my peace of mind. I'm coming back for my anointing. I'm coming back for my ministry. I'm coming back for my family. I'm coming back for everything that the enemy stole from me. Somebody shout hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. He, he, he says, he says, arise, shine. And I want you to understand this because the glory that's on you. Somebody say, I paid a price for it. 